Man and J-Man Show Nation, what is going on? I'm the J-Man, T-Dog is sitting right next to me there about 160 miles away. How you doing tonight there, T-Dog? I'm doing pretty good. You uh, you tricked me with the right next to you comment. I'm like, I'm not definitely not right next to you. I'm a whole state Thank away. You. On my screen, you're sitting to my, wait, you're sitting to my right. I already got turned around. You're sitting to my right. Right. Um, for the other people. You're sitting to the no, you're sitting to my right. Okay, I screwed that up already, but uh, great, start, a, uh, great start! Great start. A uh, we, we always say it's a big show, but this is a big show because we have nothing going on this week. It's the worst <laughs> sports week, um, all year. I think it's the only time that there's not like actual live sporting events across the four major sports or so. Um, it's one of our least favorite weeks of the year, my least favorite week of the year. I know it's all-star week and all that in baseball, but, uh, get the home run derby, but, uh, I'm going to be pretty bored not watching a terrible Cubs team every night. Like I have been. <clears throat> yeah, it is a bad week. Uh, this episode is probably going to be titled the worst sports week of the year. Every year we get to this week and we're like, <laughs> yep. how are we going to put, produce an hour worth of content? But we always find a way. We'll find a way again tonight. He won't let the nation down. But I want to hear about your uh, experience in Wrigley Field over the weekend. Um, yeah, um, I've been to two Cubs games this year, and one went to extra innings, one went eleven innings, and the other one went nine innings, and they have scored one run in twenty innings. Uh, the games I've been to, so uh, not a great experience. They should have won on Saturday easily. Um, they had multiple opportunities in extra innings for one. They had a guy on third, nobody out in the tenth inning, and didn't score in a tie game. Um, it was, <clears throat> I've been to a lot of games at Wrigley field and that was by far the most opposing fans I've seen, um, Yuck. at Wrigley. It, it honestly felt like a Mets home game. It, it was the Mets fans were louder for one. They're good. Uh, so I get it, but, uh, Mets fans were louder and all that. And it was really a pretty nice day to watch baseball. I mean, July 16th, you could have a hundred degrees and it was like 72 degrees little bit of a breeze it was perfect but uh overall it's always fun going to wrigley we're i'm very lucky to be able to live this close to one of the most iconic sporting venues in the world um to be able to go multiple times a year so it's always fun even though the team sucks i did get hungry though before the game and uh tech technically my father spent his money i didn't give the rickets any money my father spent his money and uh got a burger but uh so I, I i was ashamed of myself but at the same time i could not see past my hunger i'll let it slide because dan <laughs> never came on camera and said he wasn't going to give his money that's true so, so that's I, I will true. let it slide but i was looking for that update on twitter we never got it so yeah i <laughs> i have a real hard time looking at my phone during games for well whatever as reason. you should as you uh, should you should be but, there to enjoy uh, the moment yep um Got some birdie bogey for me tonight. I do. J-Man, do you know this is five years to the day that we introduced? It wasn't called birdie or bogey at first, but it was the trivia segment of our show. It's five years ago today. I think, I, you know what? I, I would like to give, I believe my mom is actually the one that said to me, hey, why don't you guys do like a trivia question of sorts? So I'm going to give a shout out to Cindy Munt um, for giving us the idea. And a lot of, I think this is going to come at no shock to any of the members of the Tan and J-Man Show Nation, but uh, a lot of ideas don't come from the brains of, of Tanner and the J-Man. We are dumb. We are, <laughs> we are so dumb. We don't think about stuff like that. So um, I think word, is, word association was your idea, I'm pretty sure, uh, unless you got it from somewhere else. Well, it's been done by other shows. A, a I'm lot not of say people. It's just, so. I just created it, but yeah. I think we do it more consistently. Than other shows I've listened to, so sure. I mean, heck, this is our 296th episode, 296 straight weeks. Yeah, we, I don't know many podcasts that have done that. We've been doing on this day for <clears throat> how long now? Hasn't been much more than a year, I would say. Maybe we started, oh, it's been a couple. It's been about really? three years. Yeah, really. Even before yeah. COVID, we were doing. We've, we've had a couple sponsors for on this day. Yep. Yeah, I think it was 2019. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Time flies. Yep. Yep. So, uh, all right. Let's see. Okay. This trivia question comes uh, from loyal viewer of the show, Sean Shriver. Of course. That's where we get most of our ideas. Let's be it's, honest. It's very true. There's no, no, no lying there. 
Who's the last MLB player to hit 50 home runs in a season on a team that won the World Series? That won the World Series? That's a really good question. Holy crap. <clears throat> and, 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 oh, no. Nope, nope, I'm not going to say anything. Never I was going to say that's a really good question. I'm going to have to think of all these. I mean, there haven't been many uh, 50 homer seasons uh, here recently, so it might be back a ways. Uh, that's a really good question, though. Uh, Birdie Buggies brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC for fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblegnomellc.com. Get your veggies! Definitely prime vegetable season right now. So get a hold of them, see what they can get you. They got a little bit of everything. I wish cheese was a vegetable. (laughs) Don't we all? Yeah. 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 But what do you want to start with tonight, J-Man? I'm leaving it all up to you. Well, let's. How about we start with some golf? Some let's golf. do it. Your guy, Roy McIlroy. Oh, so close! <laughs> I thought he was finally going to do it. This <clears throat> podcast started in November of 2016, so starting with the Masters in 2017, on forward. If I'm not mistaken, it's been every single one. J-Man's book and prediction of the week in the majors has consisted of saying that Roy McIlroy is going to win a major. So close. So close, but he actually ended up fa- uh, placing third place at the mm-hmm. open, not even second. Pretty clutch, uh, <clears throat> pretty clutch eagle there by uh, what's his what, what was his name? Cameron his name. Young. Cameron Young. Yes, it was a good week to be Cameron. Shout out to our buddy Cameron Screeton there. Uh, Cameron Smith wins the open, his first major title. Uh, a guy that's been close knocking on the door for a while now, a couple of years. The one week I don't pick him. I even said last week, yeah, I keep picking. Picking Cameron Smith, not going to do this week. Well, you're welcome, Cameron. He gets over the hump and wins. But back back to Rory. Nobody in the world is better in the major championships right now than Roy McIlroy. He just can't get over the hump. Yeah, I actually have a Rory stat here. He is the only player ever, as far back as the stats go, to hold the 54-hole lead at a major, hit every single green in regulation in the final round, and not win. Yeah, it's stupid. I'm glad you brought that up because I was looking for the stat because I saw it the other day and then I, I forgot to save it. And that's just dumb. If you would have told any golf fan before the round yesterday, Roy's going to hit every green regulation. Yep, there's your champ. Mm-hmm. There's your champ at the 150th edition of the Open at St. Andrews, the old course where golf was practically invented. It just all was adding up for a great storyline. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, it was, it was so close. It wasn't like he played bad. He shot 70. It was just had some guys go off. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what was it? Cam- uh, Cameron. Um, what's, what's his last name? I forget it. Smith. Cameron Smith. Who won? Yeah. And Cameron yeah. Young was runner uh, up. <clears throat> that's right. Two Camerons, as you said. Yep. yep. Um, he started the back nine birdieing the first five. Holes. Yeah. His putter got just stupid hot, which he can do. He, he might be the best putter in the world. Um, yeah. He got on a tear. And, and this wasn't a typical open championship. I mean, the weather didn't come into play on the weekend like it normally does. So there wasn't like a lot of catastrophic numbers being thrown out there yesterday. Mm -hmm. It was guys had to go out and get birdies. They had to get more birdies than the other guy. It wasn't, Oh, this guy's got a triple hole and fall back or anything. You didn't really see any of that. Um, But uh, so Rory's so close. I thought he was going to do it for you, but I guess he's got to try again in 2023. And you know, it's, you know, it's taking a toll on him. I mean, he, Still speaks to the media after the round, which he's not obligated to do, but he always does. You know, he was uh, generous to the fans like he always is. Pretty good sport. But uh, golf.com did report today that he was seeing kind of collapsing in his wife's arms on the golf on, a, on mm-hmm. one of the golf carts right after he got around the corner. So, sure. But it's been eight years. It's been eight years since yeah. he last won a major 2014 PGA he, Championship of Valhalla. So it, it seems like he, he had a stretch there where he wasn't even really in contention, missing the cut when I was picking him. Now it's he's finishing top three to five every single yep. time, finishing yep. a stroke or two back. He just can't get over. I mean, he's got to take a toll <clears> on him. And right now, besides Tiger Woods, he's the face of the PGA Tour. So many guys leaving and going to the Live mm-hmm. Tour, which, speaking of the Live Tour, Cameron Smith. Open champion is rumored maybe to be one of the next ones going. And a rumored deal out there for ninety million. Um, not sure, but the interesting thing is when it got brought up yesterday, he didn't deny it. He just kind of mm-hmm. said it's petty of the reporter for asking a question after he just won the Open. Kind of similar to when Brooks Kepka was getting asked about it the week of the U.S. Open, never came out and denied it. 
then a week later, Brooks yeah. joins the Live Tour, so or Live Golf. So it wouldn't shock me to see Cameron jump. Uh, Hendrick Stinson sounds like he's jumping over. You know, he's past his prime, but that does screw up the Ryder Cup a little bit. And that's one thing the Live Tours or uh, Live Golf. I always want to call it Live Tour. Love Live Golf yeah. is starting to grab a lot of Ryder Cup guys. So it's got to screw up the Ryder Cup. Yeah. And and you're still okay with the live golf. You're not you you think competition's healthy and all of that. I do. I think it's gonna force the PGA to make changes, the PGA tour mm-hmm. to make changes they should have made a long a long time ago. I think it's gonna get to the point where PGA tour is gonna have to come to some sort of an agreement with Live mm-hmm. Golf and they're gonna have to create a create a pact that lets their guys play both or something because at this rate the tour is losing too many guys. Yeah. Too many guys people like watching. And you you just wonder if the live golf is sustainable. I mean, yeah. we've we, we've seen ventures like that. The XFL for one lasted two years. Now there's a whole lot more money involved with live golf with the Saudis, right? Uh, with the Saudis and all that. So who know? And there's so many big name guys jumping over there. Um, and I know <clears throat> it's been uh, making the PGA real mad as as it should. But uh, we'll we'll see. Um, how it all plays out. I, it seems like fans are like 50, 50 right. on it. So, well, I mean, I think any fans not telling the truth, if they say that they wouldn't take 90 million, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a business world. Money does speak. You know, if, it, if it was a lot of different countries and not Saudi Arabia, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people wouldn't have a problem with it. That's fair. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Like you said, to see if it's sustainable, but the more guys that jump over, I'm telling you, I think they'll get a TV deal next year. That's that's one of my I saw, new, new bold um, predictions. <clears throat> David Faraday is leaving yep. NBC to join right. Live Golf. So. Right. Well, NBC pulled his uh, popular show that was on the Golf Channel, and NBC doesn't really carry that many tournaments, even though NBC does own the Golf Channel. Mm-hmm. They don't carry a ton of tournaments. So this gives them you know, eight guaranteed tournaments a year to be an analyst yeah. on, and he's a lovable character. Um, around the golf <clears throat> golf world in many, in the eyes of many, so just another name to jump over. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, like I said, Cameron Smith's rumored. Henrik Stenson. I've heard Victor Hovland, who was right in contention yesterday. The twenty four year old former Oklahoma State Cowboy was in contention. So it's just going to keep getting more and more interesting. You know, of course, I know Tiger's not going. He's with the PGA mm-hmm. Tour. But let's let's hypothetically speaking, what would have happened if Tiger would have taken that? billion dollar deal or near near billion dollar deal what what would the pga tour have done i think they might have just had to fold i i know <laughs> i i mean yeah because if he would have went i think rory goes just to t- i yeah. mean all the other guys i think would have okay if tiger's going then i right. can go so yeah to to not accept the billion dollar deal to dump to double his net worth essentially i mean it, it what was frustrating as a golf fan whether you are in favor of the live golf or not, they weren't showing the live golf guys very often at all. They finally had to start showing Dustin Johnson because he was in contention. Mm -hmm. But I believe the two rounds Phil Mickelson played, if I'm not mistaken, and and granted he missed the cut, but I think of the two rounds he played, I think one of his shots was televised. One. One of the biggest names of golf history. I mean, yeah, Bryce Shambo got he he got showed because he was making a little run there on Saturday, <laughs> but besides Dustin Johnson on Sunday, you didn't really see many shots out of live golf guys. Mm-hmm. They were not showing them unless they had to. The Golf Channel doesn't like talking about them unless they have to, but the media still keeps stirring things up. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting. It, it, it's 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 the same guys in the media that say to me that say this live golf doesn't matter. It's pointless that are asking the questions to the lift yeah. golf guys. So it's like, all right, you're kind of playing, playing both sides of there. But. As far as the Cameron Smith thing goes, it makes sense that a reporter would ask him about it, but at sure. the same time, it feels like it's taking away his championship, which that's, that was pretty much his gripe with it as well. He's like, I, right. I literally just won the open. Right. Uh, and that's right. the first question you're going to ask me. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was, it was pretty tasteless. Really. Mm-hmm. It was, um, and you know, with 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 Cam Smith, if he jumps right now, he's exempt for the majors till twenty twenty seven with that win yesterday. Mm. So you got to think by within the next five years, they'll figure out the world ranking system if it's going to apply to live golf or not. And if that if live golf gets, I, and I, I know I said this a week or two ago, I think on the podcast, maybe three weeks ago, if live golf finds a way to get 
the world rankings going with their 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 tour, then that's a game changer. Yeah. Because then the guys can't play in the majors no matter what. Yep. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting next year, uh, how the majors are played for one. Yep. And to see if they allow these guys to come in. I mean, that was the last major of the season, correct? Correct. So correct. Yep. Next FedEx one Cup's will be coming up, but next one's the Masters. Masters in yep. April. So yep. uh got they I guess they have some time to figure it out, but at the same time, not that much time. Because that is the argument from a lot of PGA Tour fans and members of the media and, and players is, well, the Lyft Golf guys are done playing in meaningful golf tournaments till the Masters. Yeah. Which, yeah. Eh, it depends how you want to look on it. I mean, they, they got more Lyft Golf events this year, of course. Uh, six more, I believe. And five of those are in the United States, if I'm not mistaken. That Who is streaming Live Golf right now? It's on, it's on their own YouTube okay. and Facebook. And I believe you have to pay for the YouTube. I think you have to have like the premium, the uh, premium, premium um, YouTube. But I'm telling you, I think, I mean, the more names that go over, somebody's got to pick them up. And, yeah. and David, David Faraday, maybe he doesn't jump unless he knows something down knows the line something. to get picked yeah, up. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But <clears throat> the interesting thing is, say, CBS wants to televise them. What does that do with their contracts with PGA? Or even NBC, um, right. maybe maybe Live Golf becomes exclusively ESPN because I know ESPN doesn't do a whole lot, right? Um, of golf, same same with Fox. Fox has carried. Um, I remember Joe Buck calling. Them. They had the thing? U.S. Open and they back they got out of their deal and that's how uh, <laughs> uh, NBC got the U.S. Open. Mm. Then uh, because yeah yeah they did not go through their whole deal. I don't know what happened there, but they had all the USGA events. And then it just didn't go well after three or four years. So maybe, maybe. Fox gets in it. I yeah, don't know. maybe. Which NBC is the really interesting one to me because right now they own the golf channel. Mm-hmm. So if they happen to somehow change their tune and start streaming or get in a agreement with Live Golf, then the golf channel is going to have to talk about them. Yeah. So going to have to. Yeah. Which, and I know the people's argument with the Saudis, but I go back and I know this isn't sports, it's sports entertainment. The WWE World Wrestling Entertainment does three or three shows, I think, a year, maybe four over in Saudi Arabia. I think three. That's streamed on the Peacock because hmm. the WWE it's, Network is streamed on Peacocks, which Peacock's owned, owned by, NBC. by NBC. So they already do show some that, you know, who knows where the money's coming from. I yeah. Mean, so, which yeah. I think maybe by the time they get it all figured out, the entire cable landscape will change anyway. Cause I think. I mean, it's pretty clear that we're moving towards a subscriber-based um, right. sort of cable system. So right. uh, maybe they're the pioneers of that. Who knows? But I think ultimately, I mean, I understand the people that don't like it, but I do think competition is good, mm-hmm. and this is going to force the PGA to. I think, I think, I think it took people willing to throw big money at these guys to get some of these changes going. Um, yeah, they shouldn't have taken that, but. Yeah, it, Looks like it, is. it seems like the players have been complaining about the PGA for a long time. Right. Um, and so now they're seeing their opportunity. Hey, maybe, I mean, we're getting paid a ton of money by the Saudis that maybe this will also change the PGA for the better and uh, it'll work out for both of us. Well, I'm going to look up what Cameron Smith made yesterday. Um, and see... So Cameron Smith won two and a half million. It's pretty good. The last golf live golf event, the guy won four point three. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's I mean, hard to come in. The fact there's no cuts, right? Um, they Three make day a, event. They make holes. at least one hundred twenty five k. Correct. Yep. The yep. guy who finishes dead last makes one hundred twenty five k. Um, yeah, I, I again, how much is that sustainable? We don't know yet. Um, but yeah, it's it. It would be hard to say no to that for sure. I mean, I mean, you have a guy like Pat Perez who did not play good in the last uh, Live Golf event at all, but he was on the winning team because they have a team format too mm. with four guys on each team that they the captains pick their teams every every tournament. He got paid a ton for being on the winning team. <laughs> so... I mean, for a guy like that who's made $28 million in his career at the PGA Tour, which is a lot of money, but not so much compared to a lot of the PGA Tour guys, right. it's a no-brainer for him to play. 
Absolutely. On live golf. So it's interesting. It's definitely, definitely interesting. And you still got your guys like Fred couples, a PGA tour guy and senior, senior tour player now, but he said he'll never play golf with Phil Mickelson again. <laughs> I mean, so you have definitely so both sides. What was Greg Norman's like motivation to get into this? I think Norman tried to get something like this going in the nineties. And then I don't, I, I'm not really sure. That's a good question. But Norman's always been a little against the PJ Tour, it seems like. Interesting. So, yeah. But uh, we will definitely see how it shakes out going through the end of 2022, into 2023, and beyond. Because it's a, it's a topic I think we'll be uh, discussing quite yeah. often on this oh, podcast. Wow. Yeah. So. Sports, uh, sports never sleep, except this week. Man, some something crazy is gonna happen. You, yeah, you you just, just know doesn't it. happen on a Sunday yeah. night or a Monday morning or or mid afternoon or anything. Something. No, something Notre Dame's gonna join the Sun Belt or something like that. Oh, Sun that'd be Belt glorious. <laughs> that'd be great. Yep, they're win win championships and put up banners after beating Arc Pine Bluff in uh, the conference championship or something like that. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's good stuff. I do. I do see their. Uh, Football fans are bragging right now about their recruiting class. It's off to a pretty hot start. So yeah, I think um, I don't even remember their coach's name. Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman. I think. Uh, I mean, Kelly could recruit, but I think Marcus Freeman has a much uh, more likable personality. Um, he recruited well for a nine-win and four-year Daryl Hazel Hazel era team. That's, so. that's true. And he can yeah, do that. You true. can recruit any, anywhere. I saw, I saw some Brian Kelly comments today um, about LSU. Said he. He wishes he would have been in the South this entire time because they care about their football. They're all about family and good food. I I don't think LSU is going to have a great season and not great season by their standards. I think eight to nine wins maybe this year. They lost a lot. I don't yeah. think I don't think and, Kelly's first season is going to be that great down there. They they weren't that good last year anyway. Right, you know. you're right. So, but we'll see. I don't know. We'll have a lot of football talk coming up. Uh, I am. I'm jonesing for some football. I yeah, you know, too. Uh, Big Ten Media Days are next week mm. in Indianapolis. So that's when you kind of know it's starting to become real. Camps will start in early August. Yep. And then games uh, so, late August. Um, I think rookies are reporting within the next seven days in the NFL. Yep. Is that correct? Yep. I think some camps start next week. Yep. Nice. I know the Dolphins camp starts the 31st. So, Which would be next Sunday. It'll be a week from Sunday. It's only the 18th now. Next, next Sunday. I'm next, already counting yeah. this. Oh, okay, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, I mean, once football hits, we don't have a, a lack of topics to talk yep. about. That's for sure. Get, uh, get July and August out of the way. The good thing is with baseball, we have the trade deadline coming up. Uh, we had Major League Baseball draft last night, today, and tomorrow. So I have a little bit to talk about. But uh, yeah, yeah, you were wrong with your number one overall uh, I was. pick prediction there. I was. Old Jackson Holiday. Uh, Matt Holiday's son. Uh, it's interesting because he's a uh, he looks young. I I don't know if you've seen pictures of him or I anything. He, he he looks like he's twelve years old. Um, but an interesting story here that uh, Tyler Kepner wrote back in two thousand seven. He uh, he wrote a profile on Matt Holiday and his family before the two thousand seven World Series. Um, he said, or he wrote in the story. Teammates suspect that Matt Holiday, the MVP of the NLCS, may soon be eclipsed by his son. As serious and private as the young Holiday was, his three-year-old Jackson is the opposite. Think of the toddler Tiger Woods sinking putts on the Mike Douglas show and you get the idea. Tom said he was already dreaming of finding a loophole to make his son eligible for the draft at age 15. Josh Fogg, the Rockies pitcher, said it was a given that Jackson would be a first-round pick someday. Asked about Jackson's hitting prowess, infielder Jamie Carroll said simply, oh, he's awesome. Jackson Holiday can be found in the Rockies clubhouse after most games swinging a plastic bat and spraying line drives all over the room. Matt will call out a player's name, Jim Edmonds or Albert Pujols, David Ortiz or Nomar Garciaparra, and Jackson will instantly mimic the player's batting stance. Uh, fast forward 15 years, and he's the number one overall pick in the uh, Major League Baseball drafts. Pretty cool. Yeah, really cool story there. I'm glad you told that because it kind of goes in line with what I want to say here. Good friend of ours, <laughs> a good friend of the show, Jeff Ryan, big Rockies fan from Colorado. Uh, we were talking how it's uh, made us feel old last night that all these yeah. pro players' sons are getting drafted. He said he vividly remembers when Matt was coming up through the minor league system, finally got to the bigs. He and his buddies would sing the Hotel Motel Holiday Inn song <laughs> every time he'd come up to bat like total idiots. Uh. That's fun because we, yeah, Andrew Jones, 
son, Drew Jones, went number two. And mm-hmm. like you said, Jackson Holiday went number one. So just two more and legacy guys. Carl Crawford's son. Oh, man. Went number, I think, 17th or 18th to the Phillies. There's a name I haven't thought of. I, I, I forget his first name. But yeah, to, for for some reason, I mean, the Matt Holiday one makes me feel old. Andrew Jones does a little bit. For whatever reason, Carl Crawford's son being in there makes me feel even older than those guys' sons being in there. So, And yeah. um, the Cubs took Mark McGuire's son in the eighth round today. That's uh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. Did so. they end up picking who you thought they would or a position like similar um, to you thought they would get? So when so their first pick, uh, Cade Horton, seventh overall, I was kind of disappointed because uh, you look up his stats in this past year at the University of Oklahoma, he had an ERA close to five. Um, but then you read more and more about him. He was a two-way guy. He missed all of last year with Tommy John surgery, 2021 with Tommy John. Played some second and third base to start the year. <clears throat> He's also a pitcher, um, and he really struggled the first few months of the year, but then went on an absolute tear in the College World Series, including striking out 13 against Notre Dame. Uh, he added a brand-new slider that has been so effective that it's made him fly up draft boards. They said even a month ago, maybe two month and a half to two months ago, um, they weren't even talking about him being like a top three round pick. And he had this great run in the college world series. As I said, added this new pitch and he's sitting 94 to 96 mile an hour um, hitting 98 with his fastball throws a ton of strikes has a plus a potential plus plus slider. Um, But at the same time with some of the bats that were on the board, Brooks Lee, um, Cam Collier, uh, Kevin Parada from uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, a little disappointing because I think they did this to save some money so they can spend later in the draft. But at the same time, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and scouts the benefit of the doubt because obviously they know a whole lot more than I do um, there. And then they go ahead and draft a guy in the second round. I already forget his name. He's, he's a lefty that throws really hard out of high school who was a potential top 20 pick. So it kind of balances itself out and they save money with their first pick. They, they can send on their second pick. Um, so of their t- first 10 draft picks, they have taken nine pitchers, uh, which isn't, <laughs> which isn't arms. really a shock. Um, they need position players as well, but they have so much position player depth throughout the system that uh, they've needed to add some arms for years. And uh, so they've done that and, their pitch lab um, and pitching infrastructure has proven to be a major plus. You see some of these guys uh, that have been developed, Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, and then all these guys in the minors that are throwing harder than they ever have before, striking out more guys than they have before. So obviously they trust their pitching infrastructure and development right now um, as much as anyone. So uh, we'll see. Obviously it's tough to give any sort of draft grade in baseball. You have to wait a couple years, but uh First 10 pegs, for the most part, seems like they've done pretty well. Good recap there. I got no thoughts. That's why I was asking <laughs> you. I know nothing um, when it comes to MLB draft. Yeah, as we said, Jackson Holiday went one to Baltimore. Andrew Jones' son, Drew, went number two. Um, a shocker went number three overall. Kumar Rocker, who was the Mets. He related to John? He is not related to John. Um Different ethnicity for one, but okay, um, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, he he was uh, Vanderbilt's ace uh, his first three years at Vanderbilt. Drafted, I think, number ten overall by the Mets last year. The Mets found some sort of issue with his physical. He ends up they end up lowballing him. He doesn't sign, so now he's going to indie ball and he pitched. And most people thought he'd be like a maybe late first round pick, early maybe in the supplemental rounds. But uh, the Texas Rangers took him third overall. Um, betting on his upside, which his upside is monstrous. I mean, this was a guy that struck out through multiple no-hitters at Vanderbilt, struck out, I think, 19 batters in a game. A lot of wear and tear because that Vanderbilt pitcher, Tim, or that Vanderbilt coach, Tim um, Corbin, rides them, right, rides his pitchers to the tune of like 130 pitches in a game, in any given game. And we've seen so many Vanderbilt guys burn out um, in uh, baseball, guys that have been taken really high, like Carson Fulmer with the White Sox, burns out and barely makes it to the majors. We have seen some success. David Price is one. Walker Bueller is another. Uh, but there have been so many more guys from Vandy um, just fizzle out because of the wear and tear. So it'll be interesting to see, and maybe this uh, gap year, in a sense, for him will uh, do wonders. Um, another Sean Triver shout-out. Big 
big Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he sends my dad and I today. He said, Pittsburgh made one of their best picks in years last night in getting Termar Johnson a shortstop, although he's expected to play second base. Yeah, play he was considered base. by many to be the best pure hitter in the draft, has been compared to Robson Cano. If he pans out, he'll be fun to watch in his first five years before he signs with the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, Pirates will trade him uh, when they're completely out of it like they usually are. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, to, Jamar Johnson, by all intents and purposes, considered the best pure hitter in the draft. Even some scouts have said the best high school hitter they've seen in a long time. Um, now his ultimate position will probably be second base, which there's no, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you, you, you prefer a shortstop obviously, but a second baseman that can hit, those are a dime a dozen. So, uh, yeah, I was actually hoping Tamar Johnson would fall to number seven to the Cubs. Who knows if they would have taken him. Of course, the Cubs are going to say, yeah, this um, <clears throat> our first round pick and our second round pick were the top two players on our board, um, which of course. Line. What yeah. else are they going to say? Uh, yeah, what else are they going to say? No, we, we like this guy more, but we ended up taking this guy to save some money, which is what it kind of felt like. But, uh, yeah, I think Tamar Johnson will be real good. Yep. Yep. So, uh, any other thoughts on the MLB draft? Uh, not on the draft, no. Well, let's stick with the MLB. Uh, of course, got the Homer Derby going on tonight. We got uh, the All-Star game going on this week. But I wanted to get your takes now that we're halfway through the season. So I'm going to bring up a few categories here on my phone. Uh, let's see here. I want your midseason awards. All righty. J-Man. So, um, I want your AL MVP. My AL MVP, it'll probably be Aaron Judge, but this is my this is my MVP. I think Shohei Otani should win it again. All right. Um, you you look at what, what he's doing offensively for one. I'm bringing up his stats right now, and it's not even offense that I'm kind of like, man, this guy should win MVP again. It's his uh, it's his pitching that's been uh, absurd. He is he's hitting 258. He has 19 homers, 835 OPS. It's pretty good. Uh his pitching though, 2.38 ERA, striking out 12 batters per nine innings. Um, sucks that he's on as bad of a team as he is, but you see a guy like this who's one of the most entertaining superstars we've ever seen, just with him playing both ways. Um, he is my MVP again. But again, it's probably gonna be Aaron Judge because he plays for the best team in baseball. How about your AL Cyan? My AL Cy Young, um, I wouldn't give. I, I would probably give Shohei the Cy Young too, but I don't think they That's do that. Uh, if he wins, if he wins MVP, um, it's probably going to be a guy like. Actually, it should probably be Shane McClanahan from uh, Tampa Bay. He's actually the starter in the All Star game for him. He uh, former first round pick out of I believe South Florida a couple years ago. He has a one point seven one ERA, striking out one hundred forty seven batters in one hundred ten innings, only striking out one point or only walking one point five batters per nine. Uh, he's been he's he's absolutely filthy. How about your AL Rookie of the Year? Oh man, um, I don't even know who's a rookie. AL Rookie of the Year. Oh, easy. I completely forgot about this guy. He's an all-star. Julio Rodriguez. I was going to say a lot of people are picking him. Um, yeah, yeah, from the Mariners. He um, hitting 275. He has 16 homers, 21 steals, only 21 years old. Looking like a future superstar there. Switching over to NL, NL MVP. Um, man. Uh, <laughs> NL MVP. Man, there's not really a guy that's separating themselves. How about Goldsmith? Harper's been hurt. Goldschmidt has had really good numbers, but he's in a kind of a bad stretch here. Um, Dodgers, Freddie Freeman's having a good year. Um, Freddie Freeman's having a great year offensively. Mookie Betts has been good. Um, Trey Turner's been good. Trey Turner was my preseason NL MVP. I don't think he'll win it, but uh, man, who is having a good year? Mets, Pete Alonso's having a good year, but he's not having like an MVP type year. Um, circle back to me on that one. Hello, <laughs> your NL Cy Young. Uh, Cy Young should be. Um, I I just had the guy in my brain who should be the Cy Young. Probably Corbin Burns again from Milwaukee. He won it last year. Two point one four ERA, striking out one hundred forty four and one hundred thirteen innings. He's been fantastic. Um, another guy is uh, Sandy Alcantara. I was, gonna, from, I was uh, just gonna ask you about him. 
from the Miami Marlins, who's been ridiculous this year, 1.76 ERA. Uh, that was a guy who came over uh, from the Cardinals, actually, in a trade for Marcelo Zuna. So it's rare to see a trade not work out too well for the Cardinals, but I'm really glad that one didn't. <laughs> uh, so, NL Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year, I would choose – there's a few good rookies uh, in the National League. I'm trying to think of the best ones. Um, Chris Morrell for the Cubs has actually been the most valuable rookie, according to wins above replacement, but I doubt he wins it because uh, he plays for such a bad team. Um, who else is a rookie that's been good in the How National about Spencer League? Spencer Strider of the Braves. Probably Spencer Strider of the Braves. Throws 102 miles an hour. Um, I put on the spot here. I did. Um, I like doing this to you. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's probably Spencer Schreier. As I said, 102 miles an hour, uh, striking out 114 guys in 74 innings, 23 years old. It's probably going to be him. Yeah. All right, I am circling back around in LMVP. In LMVP. I didn't have enough time to think about this. I'll, I, I don't want to cop out and say Paul Goldschmidt, but it's probably going to be Paul Goldschmidt. Um, That's fair. He's having fantastic year. Hitting 330 with 20 homers, 28 doubles, OPS over 1,000. Um, hard to go wrong with Paul Goldschmidt, unfortunately, which I like Paul Goldschmidt. I just wish he didn't play for the team he does. And if the playoffs started today in the AL, it would look like this. The Yankees would be the one seed with the bye. Houston, the two seed with the bye. Your wild card would be the six-seeded Blue Jays against the three-seeded Twins. And starting to be one of the better storylines in baseball. Your five-seed would be the Seattle Mariners, who are red hot against the four-seeded Tampa Bay Rays. straight wins for the Seattle Mariners. I think this is the year they get in. It's a sign that Sonics are coming back. <laughs> I don't know why. It just is. just is. Your NL would be uh, the Dodgers, the one-seed with the bye, and Mets, two-seed with the bye. Wild card would be uh, Philadelphia or St. Louis against three-seeded Milwaukee and five-seeded Padres against four-seeded Braves. Every team in the AL East enters the All-Star break with a 500 or better record. It is only the third time this has occurred in the divisional era, which is ni- since 1969. Wow. 2012 AL East, 2005 NL East. So who – I want one team – I'm throwing you, throwing you a curveball again. I want one surprise in each league, a team that surprised you, and one disappointment in each league. Um. Surprise in the American League, probably Baltimore. I was going to say, Orioles got to be, right? Yeah, hanging in there. As I said, they're They're right at 500. I assume they'll kind of trail off here. Uh, But so far, so good as far as um, a surprise. I don't think the Mariners are too much of a surprise. I thought most people thought they'd be pretty good. Uh, But this uh, 14-game win streak has definitely helped propel them. Uh, um, Biggest disappointment in the American League, probably the White Sox. Yeah. They're sitting there right at 546 and 46, but they're only three games out of the division. So I think they'll ultimately win that division. Don't but, count uh, the Guardians out. That's a team I don't hear a lot of people talking no, about. They're, they're right in the mix. Yeah, they're two games behind the Twins. Really good pitching. Um, man, how many people thought they'd be very good, and they've uh, hung in there so far. Um, National League, biggest surprise, I would say. There's not really a surprise. Maybe the Mets being as good as they are is the surprise, but they have with in, in doing it, doing it without DeGrom for one and doing it out without um, Scherzer for multiple right. weeks as well right. um, to be 23 games over 500. To me, uh, I think it'd be the incredible. Phillies. As, as a surprise. Yeah. I, I thought they'd be okay. I didn't think yeah. they'd be a playoff team though. In my opinion, I yeah, didn't think at least we get three teams. In. I mean, they're only six games over 500. So maybe that's why I didn't. Yeah label them as a, a surprise. I think some people were picking them to win the division. Sure. So I was actually thinking them as my most disappointment, actually. Fair. Fair. <laughs> um, but um, most disappointing in the National League. This is not Reds because they were supposed to win the World Series, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, prop. There's not really a team you look at, and man, that's a disappointment. Maybe the Marlins. They're five games under 500. Their pitching staff is fantastic. Their offense is just atrocious. They're hitting 237 as a team, which is 12th in the National League. Their on base percentage is 13th in the National League. A slugging percentage 11th in the National League. And their ERA, and they have two of the top starters in the game. Uh, Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez um, are real good at the top there. And they've uh, last year's 
I think NL Rookie of the Year runner-up Trevor Rogers has had a bad year. Um, he had a 2.64 ERA last year. It's up to 5.46 this year. So if he can get straightened out, maybe they can get hot and make a run for that uh, final playoff spot. But uh, I would, yeah, I would say the Marlins might be my most disappointing because I think coming in, I said that they would be a team that could surprise, um, and they've disappointed me. So uh, as of July 18th, 2022, midseason point. Who's your World Series prediction and your champion? Um, it's probably going to be Dodgers Yankees. I probably would give the edge to the Dodgers because I think their pitching staff is deeper. I mean, you have their top four guys have an ERA under three, and that does not include Walker Buehler, who's on the injured list right now. Um, the one, and of course this could change because trade deadlines coming up and guys could get better. The sure. one area of concern with the Dodgers is their bullpen. Their bullpen's not good. Craig Kimbrell's their closer ERA over four. Um, not as good as he once was. Um, Bruce Dark Gatterall, who's one of their Gratterall, who's one of their better, uh, bullpen guys. He's on the injured list right now. Uh, so maybe they make some moves. I think the uh, Yankees have some bullpen issues as well. Who doesn't though? Every, every single team has. Uh, wants to upgrade their bullpen uh, throughout the year, but uh, it's probably going to be Yankees Dodgers if I had to choose right now. And you know, Fox would love that. That's big time ratings. No, that'd be there. great ratings. Yep. And it called me crazy, and maybe it's just the Yankee fan in me, but and I think there'd be a lot of people rooting for the Yankees over the Dodgers because the Yankees haven't done anything since World Series speaking since '09. I, th- I think you're maybe that's wrong. just optimistic. I probably, probably. I, th- I think you're completely wrong on that. <laughs> I be P- to, to be honest, people hate both coasts, so they'd probably be rooting for a meteor or something. Just that's wipe true. It out. Uh, but but uh, may I, I I think there would be more Yankee fans than usual um, in the World that's Series. Fair. That's fair. Uh, I, I wouldn't say a majority, but because uh, pe- pe- people don't like the Dodgers, people don't like the Yankees because the Dodgers have kind of become. The right. New Yankees that's, that's without what I was the trying to say. World Series wins, I should say. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Even though yeah. they did get one. They did get one, but it's not like winning three in a row like the Yankees did. Right. Right. Um, right. Winning a bunch in the nineties. So which the yeah. Yankees haven't done a whole lot this uh century. They've won two this century. They won in two thousand over the Braves, made it 0-1 against the Diamondbacks, made it in 03, lost the Marlins, won it against the Phillies in 09, haven't been back since. They beat the Mets in two thousand. Mets, yeah, Braves 99, excuse yeah. me, 98 was Padres, yep, 96 yes. was also the Braves. Yep. Braves, yeah. Yep, so uh, I think, speaking of the Mets, I think it will be a rematch of the 2000 Subway Series Mets-Yankees. Think so. Huh? Yeah, Man, that would I mean, be another good ratings booster. I I will say Jacob deGrom would be the best trade deadline addition ever for a team. And True. he just coming back from injury. So that's essentially their trade deadline move right there. Yep. Mets need a catcher. So hopefully they'll pay up for Wilson Contreras or something, but yeah, um, we'll see. It would be fun. It'd be a fun series, but yep. I have some word association here, which is baseball related. All right. Um, I went back through from 2015 to 2000, 2000 to 2015 or something like that. I don't, I don't remember. Um, and chose, the player that was drafted in the first round to have the most wins above replacement in that draft. Um, so some some of them were repeat, so I chose a different guy that we haven't had on Word Association. Uh, so anyway, it's just kind of a collection of random MLB players that have, were first-round picks, essentially. Uh, start, starting with Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman. Man, a name I haven't thought of in a little bit. Um I don't have a lot of thoughts on him. I'm, I'm kind of stumped on this one. He's a cheater. Yeah, he, yeah. I, I was gonna yeah. say Astro, um, cheater. Yeah, that that's a good way to describe him. That, that whole franchise, a bunch of cheaters. Yep. Uh, Trey Turner. Trey Turner, another good one. The guy you were talking about earlier that's having a good first mm-hmm. half of the season. So, um, man, starting off with two really good ones, which I guess all these guys are going to be yeah. good. All these guys are pretty good. Um, Aaron Judge. Well, I mean, right now he's. My pick for AL MVPs, a lot of people's picks for AL MVP, having a monster year and a contract year. Um, fun player to watch. He's a player that, like, I know my, my dad doesn't like the Yankees, but my dad goes and checks the box score every night to see what Judge did. Mm-hmm. That's when you know he's a needle mover. 
32 homers, I believe. Um, I, I, didn't we have a uh, – you've had a trivia question or word association of guys that have hit – what was it? 30 homers. 30 or more before, before the All-Star, the All-Star break. break. Yeah, that was yeah. last week's. Yep, That's right. Yep. Um, Carlos Correa. Cheater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him too. Uh, another good player, though. Man, no wonder why those Astros teams won so much. Uh, yeah. Having all having they've had so much success drafting the first round because they were bad for a while, right? Um, which helped, but besides Altuve, I'd say he was kind of the face for those, yeah, yeah. Uh, Francisco Lindor, a good player. Once again, always thought his name's really cool to say Francisco Lindor. I just like to say Lindor. Um, was he originally drafted? Um, he was drafted by the Indian, or yeah, then the Indians, okay, okay. Um, in okay. 2011. Okay. So, so two. That my question. I think two picks ahead of Javi Baez in that, which they're best friends. So answers my cool. question. Uh, Manny Machado. Manny Machado. Uh, I still think of him as an Oriole, even though he's a Padre. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I hard agree. for me not to not to when I hear his name, yeah. I think Oriole uniform right away. But uh, it's been good for many years now. Um, just don't keep up with him as much now. He's out in San Diego. Yeah. I feel like baseball players on the West Coast. He might actually be my NL MVP pick now okay. that I think about it. I kind of, kind of forgot about him, but he's having a great year. Yeah, um, once again, he's forgettable because he's played out in the yeah. West. Yeah, he, um, the Orioles haven't been the same since they traded him. No, well, even though they're playing better than better, a lot of people thought they would. But, they, year, but yeah, they you're right. had some they're terrible right. years. Oh, they were awful. There. Just awful. Um, uh, number seven here is actually the war leader, which we've had him on word association before many times, is Mike Trout. So I chose Nolan Arenado. Fair. Uh, Mike Trout, yeah, what what can we say that hasn't been said? But Arenado, yeah. um, one of the best defensemen in the game. Uh, some people argue he's the best defensive third baseman in the game. Um, yeah, made the Rockies fun to watch for a while just with his presence. Now that he's in St. Louis, I don't keep up with him as much, to be honest. And I hate him even more than I previously did, which was which was a lot because yeah. I because I've grown to detest most of Denver sports. <laughs> um. <laughs> Good word choice. Uh, number eight, Buster Posey. Oh man, such a great catcher, underrated. Um, just a warrior. I remember would he break a leg or or both legs or something in that collision? He yeah he was messed up he shattered his leg pretty much yeah. but uh, man he, could hit he was for a catcher up. he was a heart and soul of those Giants teams that won a couple World Series so player I really like to watch I liked him a lot um let's see here Josh Donaldson Josh Donaldson Yankee now um guy who he's got some swag and some cockiness to him but he can swag. definitely have some power. Um, former MVP up in Toronto. So, yeah, he's been a good player. Clayton Kershaw. One of the best pitchers in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, dude's nails. I mean, he's had some troubles now and then in the playoffs and some big spots, but he does, does have one ring with the Dodgers. Um, he'll be right there in the playoffs again this year in big games. He'll get the ball. Ryan Braun. Cheater. Don't yeah. like him. Next. He was as good of a big of a cub killer as I can remember. Yes, yes, um, he was. Justin Verlander. Still going strong today for the Astros. I thought he was yeah. kind of done when he became an Astro. Um, he's a great he tiger. Is, and man, I think he just, he's, he's 39 years old and he Can't hit 99, 99 miles an hour over the weekend. He must uh what was that book we read and, and it became a movie and the Melman School uh Tuck Everlasting? Something like that, where they drink the water and they live forever or whatever. I think he did something like that. Yeah, man, I haven't thought of that since I was probably in elementary school. You never know what we're gonna talk about on this podcast. Man, I'm gonna have to Google that after this show. (laughs) Um, A guy who I'm not—I'm sure you've heard the name before. I don't think you'll have much to say about him. Nick Markakis. I've—I've heard of him, of course. Uh, Cool Mm. name. Uh, He bounced around a couple teams, right? Yeah, he was uh, two teams, two, Orioles and then two? Braves. Braves, okay. Braves. Um, yeah, he was a, you know, over 2,000 career hits. Very underrated because he played for bad Orioles teams. Yeah. Um, so, Zach Grinky, Another good one, a guy who was a fiery pitcher. I uh, heard a story about him uh, on the 
Jake Arietta and uh, Carl from Barstool, their podcast. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. He was telling a, a story how he kicked off uh, Puig from the bus. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. And threw his luggage on the side of the road. Grinky is the weirdest dude. He has so he, he was diagnosed with social anxiety. So he he's really struggled with the media. Uh, that's why he's for the most part played in small markets. I know he played in LA for two years and it went really well for him. Uh, that's why he's played in Kansas City and Milwaukee and Arizona. Um he he's he's an odd guy. I've seen interviews with him and it's it's just super awkward. Um, not a guy who's gonna like sign autographs willingly. <laughs> he's just he's he's a strange guy. But um, I'm sure a lot of players wanted to k- kick uh, Puig out of the. Uh, yeah, bus. what a, what a head case that guy was. He went yeah. from what a, such a talented player to nothing so nothing. fast. Yep. Uh, last one here, David Wright. David, oh man, didn't like him as a Yankee fan, but he was Mister Matt mm. for so long. Great player. Um, he yeah he was glad he a, didn't play anywhere else even though that's yeah for me he was on a hall of fame trajectory and then just could not stay healthy he was he was good and, yeah. and people he's he's going to be one of those guys that people forget about and we're going to be and i'm just going to have to be like that dude was good <laughs> that's, yeah. all, that's all i can say he was the face um, of the mats for a yeah. decade he had one of the most iconic catches where he dove over his shoulder and caught a barehanded that's right. I remember um, that in in San Diego. Um, yep. Yeah. So uh, that's going to do it for uh, uh, what was that word association? I like it this week. Uh, good good job, J Man. And uh, word association segment is brought to you by Performer Print Two Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for an trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Performer Print Two Promo Group has over 50 year combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call at 574-210-3815. J-Man, you still have a book to do tonight. Just reminding you. I do, and I'm about I'm about to do it right now. Who you got in the home run derby? We got Kyle Schwarber, Albert Pujols, Pete Alonzo, Ronald Acuna Jr., Corey Seager, Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto, and Jose Ramirez. Uh, a lot of cool storylines. Um, mm-hmm. Pete Alonso going for the three-peat. Albert Pujols, his last hurrah. I'm glad he's in it. I think it's a good tribute. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. But I'm going with the guy who turned down $440 million over the weekend. <laughs> Can't Half believe that. Half dollars almost. And it's just hard to stomach, Man. but uh, Juan Soto is my pick. And then he's going to be like, see? I need more money. But This... No will be the J-Man's book of prediction of the week. I'm going with my heart on this one. You should have won it in 2018, I believe is when it was. Kyle Schwarber. It might, might have been 2019. I don't remember when that game was played in Washington. But uh, Kyle Schwarber, he's 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 actually the one seed in this thing. Uh, Pete Alonso is the two. Uh, so give me Kyle Schwarber to win the home run derby. And the J-Man's book of prediction of the week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau insurance agent Travis Watchering for life Home, auto, business, renters, workers' comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. You ready to get educated? I am ready. Never been more ready. <laughs> Learning about some sporting events that have happened throughout history on July 18th. Um, Let's see. Uh, well, right now my... Page has decided that it's just going to spin and not respond. Uh, there we go. There we go. All right. Uh, let's see. A lot of Wimbledon. A lot of Wimbledon. A lot of Wimbledon. Um, on this day, 1913, after 68 straight innings, Christy Mathewson gives up a walk. Yeah, one of the greatest pitchers ever. On this day, 1921, Babe Ruth achieved 139 career home runs and became the all-time home run leader in Major League Baseball, taking the title from <laughs> who had the title before the Babe? Uh, Ty Cobb. Roger Connor. Never heard of him. Yeah. Speaking of was... Ty Cobb, though, on this day, 1927, he got his 4,000th career hit. Yeah. I think only two guys that ever do it. He and Pete Rose, I know. Um, Two guys sure that are really good guys. Did it combined between Japan and uh, MLB? On 
1959, William Bill Wright became the first African-American to win a major golf tournament, the U.S. Amateur Public Links Championship. What year was that? 1959. Cool. On the day 1970, Willie Mays became the 10th baseball player to get 3,000 career hits. He's on here quite a bit as well. He is. On this day, 1982, who won the British Open? 82. I'm going to go with old Jack. Good guess. Tom Watson won his fourth Open Championship. Tommy. Who won the 1988 British Open? I'm going to go with Jack. Good guess. Sevi Ballesteros won his third mm. Open title by two shots over Nick Price. Um, on this day, 1991, the Florida Marlins logo was unveiled. Huh. More British Open. Man, I wish I would have had this one this week. <laughs> who, who won the British Open in 1993? Uh, I have no idea. How about Greg Norman? I was going to say old Greg. Two strokes ahead of Nick Faldo. Who won the 1999 British Open? I'm going to go with Tiger. Paul Lowry won his only major sure. title by three strokes in a four-hole aggregate playoff with Gene Van Vandervelde and Justin Leonard. He recovers from 10 shots behind after the third round for biggest comeback in major championship history. Mm-hmm. That's when Vandervelde, I'm sure you've seen the highlights, he famously triple bogeyed the last hole. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All he had to do was get a double, and he won. <laughs> <laughs> he triple bogeyed it. That guy's still watch. thinking of that moment. On this day, 1999, New York Yankees' David Cohn became the 15th player to throw a perfect game in a 6-0 win over the Expos. I remember that one. Who won the British Open on this day in 2004? Going to go with Tiger or Phil. Starts with a T. Todd Hamilton won his only major <sighs> title, defeating 2002 champion Ernie Els in a four-hole playoff. Um... All right, uh, two more British Opens. Who won this? the British Open on this day in 2010? No idea. You should remember this. We were in New York at the time. We're coming back to New York. Louis Oostazen won his ah, only major Louis. title by seven strokes over Lee Westwood. And in 2021, who won the British Open? So last year. Literally could not tell you who won. <sighs> Colin Morikawa ah, beat Jordan Speed by two strokes. A lot of British Open mm-hmm. going on. so And that's the On This Day, which is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week, Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated custom woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana Grass Roots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs that fit your needs. From signs to growth charts, their custom pieces make a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. See some of their recently completed projects. Visit at Mooney Woodcrafts on Instagram or Facebook. And for orders, contact them at MooneyWoodcrafts at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded, tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, The Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Manta. Focuses on freshness and quality. They have delicious food and 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors, or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Taking the fantastic views of Lake Mantar and their beer garden around Dorp Bar area, rugby boats, or wheels, the Dam Landing is a place to be located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. The birdie or bogey, we are tied at five over par apiece. Who's the last MLB player to hit 50 home runs in a season on a team that won the World Series? I have two guesses, but I'm going to go with my first instinct and say Luis Gonzalez. This is history in the making, folks. You get a birdie. Is that two weeks in a row? Two two back-to-back for you. Three birdies in a row for the show combined. Nice. So J-Man is back to four over par, working his way down. The other guess I had was David Ortiz. Um, because I know he had a 50 homer year, but it, it obviously wasn't one when they won the World Series. Yep, Luis Gonzalez, who we just talked about last week, because he was one of those players with 30 or more before the mm-hmm. All-Star break. Feeling pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Back-to-back birdies. On a roll, folks. On Thanks roll. for watching the Tan and J-Man Show live on the ISC Sports Network. We'll be back at next Monday with another episode. Have a great week, everybody.